Here we go. go again. Again, baby. What is up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Neon Belly Podcast. We are your hosts, Nate and John. And John, are you ready? Yes, sir. Because today we are going to recap this past Saturday's UFC Fight Night, which was headlined by Song Gedong versus Ricky mm-hmm. Simone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, it's here. Probably one of the f- our, my personal favorite things Easily. that we do every year, <laughs> our annual Knee on Belly MMA Draft, baby. Yes, sir. I cannot wait. And finally. All the news and happenings in and around the world of mixed martial arts and more. But first, John, how are we doing on episode 131 of the Neon Belly podcast? Or, John, Mm -hmm. as some people have called it recently, um, the emergency service number in Chile episode of the Neon Belly podcast. Chile. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I did. I did hear. I wasn't sure if it was Chile or Salvador. I don't remember where it was at, but El Salvador came up too. Apparently, if you're, yeah, I mean, if you're having a medical emergency in Chile, no 911, you dial 131. It's a little closer. Yeah, and we're massive in Chile, so it would make sense that that got around to us that this is the emergency medical number for Chile. I might need to petition this for us. I mean, (laughs) listen, the thumb movement from 131 is way better than 1911. It's a little quicker. Probably definitely a little quicker. And we're talking about emergencies here. So shout out to Chile for having a really (laughs) smart uh, thought out one. And it's going to translate to this episode. Absolutely, John. Off top, we have to address, because if if you're new here, um, or if you're not new here, I guess you wouldn't be wondering, but if you're not, if, how would I, how would I phrase this? Um, if you're not new here, yeah, yeah. If you're not, not familiar, maybe. Yeah, there you go. No, if you are familiar mm. with the Neon Belly podcast, you're probably wondering why we didn't say anything about our picks and predictions for this Saturday's UFC 288. Um, and that's because, folks, we are doing an episode of The Kickback, baby. Yeah. It's back this Friday. Um, we are going to do our live pre-fight night show on the MMA Underground's YouTube channel uh, mm-hmm. before the big pay-per-view this Saturday. Uh, this is something new. We're yeah. excited about doing this. Um, we did our first one a few weeks ago for UFC 287, um, and we will be doing our next one this Saturday, as I mentioned, for UFC 288, which is headlined by Henry Cejudo and Aljamain Sterling. You got freaking Gilbert Burns versus Bilal Muhammad, Jan Shaunown versus Jessica Andrade, and Bryce Mitchell versus Mavzari Vloyov and so many more yeah. that we are going to talk about this Friday live, baby. Yeah, it's going to be fun because we get a chance to elaborate a little bit more, talk yeah. about more topics because if we did that on this episode, that would take up an hour itself. Yeah, so. yeah, we have a whole, yeah, for the first time, you know, normally when we're doing our picks and predictions, it's probably like at the most a 20 to 30 minute segment on our show. Mm-hmm. Um, but with this kickback show, we can go so much deeper. Um, and instead of, we're, and we're trying this, this is a new, right? Because even for the last one, which it did come up midweek that we were going to do it kind of mm-hmm. last minute, um, we had kind of gave our picks and predictions on, you know, our normal Friday episode. Um, but we're going to try this now where we're going to move it all um, mm-hmm. to Saturday 
And um, like I said, this Friday, May 4th, uh, we'll go through the full main card um, and have some fun. And uh, we want you guys to participate in the the chat as well with your picks, your thoughts. Um, So please, this Friday, come join us for the live kickback show. Participate and uh, make sure that you're following all of our socials as well Mm -hmm. because we'll post the link there uh, in probably our story on Instagram. Mm -hmm. We'll probably tweet it out um, and we'll let you guys know that we're live. Um, But make sure also that you are subscribed to the MMA Underground's YouTube YouTube as well, and then click the notification because if you do, um, it'll give you an alert when we go live and you can drop in 8 p.m., right? Yep. Is that when we do it? Yep. So 8 p.m. this Friday, May 4th. I can't wait. And Is I it still have. Or was it 9.30? Oh, boy. Now we got to look. Well, yeah. I guess it won't show, will it? <laughs> yeah, I think we did it later because it, it was kind of a little bit more last minute last time. I think we did it like 9 to 10. Yeah. Um, Let me see. Let me double check. Keep but that, that's what I actually remember. But last time we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of people asking questions in the comments. I was able to read them off. Um, we was able to give some people from info. We was able to talk about some topics that maybe we hadn't thought about. Um, so if you guys have some things about this upcoming uh, pay-per-view card that you want to talk about or you'd love to hear our takes on, come into the comments. Um, we love to answer them. We love to be able to um, just elaborate on things. And that's just what we're best at. So we did do 9.30. Okay. You were correct. So this Friday, May 4th, 9.30 p.m. But if you guys come onto our socials, we'll give you a heads yeah. up and let you know for sure. Absolutely. And with that, John, rate, sub, follow, let yeah. the people know. So uh, if you don't know our socials, it's Neon Belly Podcast on our Instagram, on our YouTube, on our TikTok. It's Neon Belly Pod on Twitter. We still need to change that. One day we will probably uh, take about as long as it took Brandon to get us headphones. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're on there. If you go to Apple Podcasts, you can give us five stars and a review that helps us move us up in the algorithms spotify you can give us five stars as well we're on multiple other um, podcast apps if you go to our instagram we have a link tree that takes you to all of that Um, on youtube we're putting up shorts different videos from clips from the episode so tune in and uh get with us man Absolutely. Um, I was going to say one more thing about the kickback that I can't remember. Um, it'll probably come to me, though. Yeah. But it came to me in the middle of that. <laughs> All good, though. John, we have to talk about it. Yeah. Last Saturday, UFC Fight Night, Song Gadong <laughs> defeating Ricky Simone via fifth round TKO. Uh, this has officially entered the chat for performance of the year Ooh, candidates for, uh, sure. for the Neon Belly Podcast Year in Awards. Uh, Song pitching an absolute shutout here mm-hmm. against Ricky Simone, and it was never close. No. Um, I thought from the very beginning, Song did a great job landing, especially the kicks, man. Mm-hmm. Um, but his speed advantage as well, extremely noticeable in my opinion from the beginning. He did a great job defending all the takedowns and winning almost every clinch situation as well. Yeah. Um, and even when Simone did did get him down, immediately getting back to his feet every single time. Uh, Song cracked him with that big left hook at the end of round four. Ten more seconds there, and the fight's over. Um, but it never mattered because in the fifth round, he came out, landed the exact same yeah, left hook again. <laughs> yeah, but this time he had a whole round uh, to go for the finish, and uh, Simone just never recovered. And, I mean, I have to admit, I am completely yeah. blown away today by the performance of Song Yidong. Um I didn't think it was crazy that he would win, but I just never saw this kind of a performance no we've never seen anybody make ricky simone go backwards yeah the whole fight yeah um and and have to kind of um you know scramble to figure out how he was going to get this to the ground right because it was not going his way standing up no you never thought you'd see a dong looking like that on camera 
what's that? <laughs> yeah, okay. I see what you did. Yeah, there. how to do that. Uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, honestly, you know, we both picked Ricky Simone because of what he does best. Mm-hmm. And we haven't seen anybody figure that out yeah. yet. And Yadong definitely did it. Song put together his best boxing performance, I felt like, with, I mean, with the left hand, but also using the jab that uh, left to the body that he was, anytime Ricky would try to circle out along the cage, yeah. he was eating that body shot. You said the kicks as well, defending the takedowns. Like, it got to a point to where, um, you know, Ricky's corner was just like, you know, you got to hit him yeah. with something, you know, fake something, do something. Yeah. There was the, which I don't know why it's a thing now. I think it com- happens like with eye pokes and certain other things, but another headbutt situation in this one, yeah. which is unfortunate, but it's very fortunate for Ricky Simone to be able to recover. Yeah. Um, and then the next round, um, it seems like Song kind of lunged his head forward and Ricky had some things to say about that as well. Yeah. Luckily, the rest of the fight went very clean. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I mean, the closest it ever was was the first round when they were filling each other out, and after that, yeah. Song Yudong just did whatever he wanted. Yeah, it was a really, it was a pretty slow start, which I guess a little bit to be expected. But um, I mean, you kind of said it there, but yeah, Song really just turning Simone, who is just a gritty wrestler that kills guys with pressure and pace and relentless, and just. I mean, just shot after shot, right? We talked about last week, you know, how he chains or maybe Mm -hmm. two weeks ago because that's when we previewed it, but how good he is at just chaining takedowns together. But he turned him into a complete counter-striker, and that game plan was never going to work, right? For for, for Ricky Simone against Song Yudong, um, I was really confused, even from round one, why we were seeing such a hesitant Ricky Simone. And I guess maybe there is an aspect where it is a bigger fight. You know, you do have to feel a guy like Song out. Um, I still believe in his potential and high ceiling uh, mm-hmm. from for Ricky Simone, uh, but I think he just has to go back uh, and just kind of take an honest assessment of where things went wrong and kind of rebuild from there. You know, maybe the five round main event was a little bit too much for him in the end, and maybe yeah. the timing, the last minute nature of it, could have added into that. Um, and again, you know, that's a question that I think only Ricky Simone in his head can answer mm-hmm. truthfully. Um, but the pressure, you know, to go out and win in a situation like this when your name is on the poster, right, right. has to be unreal. You know, right. so I, I do wonder a little bit for Simone, because uh, Song is coming off a main event, right? right? So I do kind of wonder if there was that aspect, because just, it just was an odd performance from, you know, yeah. two guys that are big Ricky Simone fans. Right, well, and I think, you know, I, and I heard the commentary kind of talk about it, is maybe the plan was to get to the third and fourth and then try yeah. to empty the thing, but, but at that point, your game plan is out, because you yeah. weren't able to get to any of the takedowns, right. you are getting hit and dropped, Yeah. Um. so that plan doesn't really work, so now you kind of have to go on the fly. Right. Um, one thing that Dominic Cruz brought up that I thought was really interesting and it made sense the more you watched it was um, Song was constantly throwing that knee up and mm-hmm. then switching southpaw to be able to land the punches closer and yeah. always threatening with that knee or an uppercut or yeah. something that really makes Ricky think, okay, can't you know, shoot. I can't shoot and if I do, you know, I might eat something big. And then once you get dropped, now you're, you know, he didn't even know where the punch was coming from. Yeah. They asked him what it was and his coach was like, I think it's a right. And the other guy was like, no, it's a left. Yeah. Um, it's just like that everyone has a game plan to you get punched in the mouth and his his definitely switched after that. Yeah, and I, I mean and I don't want to take when I say all that about Simone either, I don't want it to come across as like I'm taking away from or when I say about Ricky, Simone, mm-hmm. you know, kind of it's not an excuse. We've just never seen it. Yeah, and I'm not taking away from what Song did and maybe there is so much, you know, we ha- again, this is only things that I think Ricky Simone could answer truthfully, but you know, maybe it was just too much. Song was too much and that's mm-hmm. what led to that hesitancy. But again, man, just so blown away by Song Yidong. I I messaged you and Brandon last 
last night about it. And I'm like, it's crazy to me. Um, you had brought it up and I, I had already had it in my mm-hmm. notes as well, but, um, it's crazy. Um, how we saw Corey Sanhagen lose to Piotr Jan, right? right? And then he comes back and he has this phenomenal performance against Song Yidong, right? Mm-hmm. And then Song Yidong, that was a loss for him. And now he comes back here right. and has a phenomenal performance against Ricky Simone. And, and I said last night, like we've, we've seen this before though, yeah. right? From uh, when Max Holloway had that, crazy performance against Calvin Cater and then Calvin Cater comes out and does it to Giga Chikante. Um, So again, for a guy like Ricky Simone is, it can happen, but I think guys that can do that, it's because they can go back, have Mm -hmm. that honest assessment in their head and then just move forward and make everything and, and, Figure out where everything went wrong, but yeah. you got to be honest with yourself. And not all guys have that in them. Right. There's, we've seen a lot of fighters lose a tough fighter or, you know, get kind of get their butt beat for five rounds. Right. The next thing you know, they're never the same. Yeah. Um, but then we see people who are able to turn it around. So right. I, I feel like Ricky Simone has the type of attitude, kind of like a, a clay guido, where it's just like, I'm getting into the next one. Yeah. I'm going to keep bringing, keep coming forward. But I do think that. You know, modifying his striking to actually make it effective and not just set up yeah. his wrestling would go a long way because it seemed like he was still trying to just throw punches to get to takedowns yeah. instead of really making Song respect his power because he has it. We've seen him land big punches on people, but yeah. in that fight, it seemed like he really wanted to lean in on his uh, grappling, yeah. but it just wasn't there. Yeah, just really struggled with injuries, getting into the pocket and stuff. And and again, though, I'm just beyond blown away by uh, Song's counter wrestling mm-hmm. and, and just defense i mean there was i mean the only time that ricky really chained something together i think he had like there was like three or four attempts and one he went for a takedown and ended up chaining like three or four different times mm-hmm. and song defended every single one Dude, I mean, his best takedown was off the headbutt yeah and he, that's that's he landed yeah. and then went song right into that double and, and got over but yeah. yeah but to be able to defend like that that is so high level man and and as soon as he's on the so ground he's posted on the head he was out back yeah. up like yeah it, it's high level stuff man and it's and it's exhausting as well to defend that way. Mm-hmm. Not that he had to defend a lot of it, which again is where I think I, I did pick Ricky because I just thought like kind of like a Marab where it's like he's just going to keep coming and it's not yeah. going to stop. And eventually you just wear it, but they're just, yeah, to me just wasn't enough. I almost wanted to change my pick because I seen a video of Song Yedong popping up at like a random wrestling tournament. <laughs> and just jumping in it with like random people. Would he have like, a singlet on? Yeah, he was. Oh, he yeah. went. He went all out, and I was like, "Oh, dude, this dude's Dang ready." It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I probably would have changed if I saw that too. Uh, Song did call out Sean O'Malley and Chito Vera. I like either of those mm-hmm. after a performance like that. I still am in it, and I could be wrong about this, but I'm still in the camp, which. I think it all depends what happens next Saturday between mm-hmm. um, Henry Aljo. and Aljo. Um, but I'm still in the camp that. I think Sean O'Malley's next fight is probably for a title. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to give him anybody between now and then. I'd be shocked if they did, um, unless you know the outcomes of Saturday, which we'll talk more about Saturday. Um, I do like either, but man, um, I really like Song Yudong versus Marlon Cheeto Vera. That yeah. excites me the same way Sanhagen Cheeto did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I even thought too, man, a rematch with Corey Sanhagen and Song Yudong, you could say it's a little too soon for that. Right. But I that intrigues me as well. I think that would be a fantastic to see that because yeah. there's no doubt that Song Yudong has gotten clearly better. <laughs> well, and it's also weird too because you still also have Marab there. And the guy who's beat Marab, Ricky yeah. Simone, you see that Song kind of has a little bit of a formula for sure. it. 
sure. style like that. So that could be interesting as well because you just don't know what these guys are going to do at the top. There's such a log yeah. jam of situations and personalities. Because one thing Song did say, as much as he was calling out O'Malley, he feels like he's being protected and he's not going to get that fight. Well, if you remember a long time ago, right, I think Ricky Simone was offered to Sean O'Malley mm-hmm. and uh, Sean basically said, like, no, I'm not going to face no wrestler there. It's just going to take <laughs> right. me down and hold me. So, and, and ever since Sean said that, or maybe the UFC, or I think maybe Sean said he was down to take the fight. He said it on his YouTube channel. Yeah. So there is receipts for this. This isn't right. just us blathering, but I think he said the narrative was like, Dana was like, Dana, the UFC was yeah. like, well, we don't really want to just give you a wrestler. That's just going to take you down and hold you down. And that's right. what Sean O'Malley said it from his own mouth. He right. said he was down to fight him, but the UFC was like, yeah, no, nah, bro, we ain't going to feed mm-hmm. you to the wolves like that. So, yeah. So, it, I mean, it's very interesting at the top, but now, I mean, I guess it's a good problem to have. You have three or four guys that could be yeah, challenging for the title next Saturday. Next Saturday is going to be interesting mm-hmm. to say the least. John, our co-main event, Kyle Bohalio defeats Mikhail Oleg Shajek via second round rear <laughs> naked choke. Very competitive first round, mm-hmm. man. I was like, whoa, Oleg Shajek came out hot, right? Yeah. Both guys did have some success on the feet, but I just thought Oleg Shajek got the better of all those exchanges, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Um, he did a great job as well defending uh, Bohalio's early takedown attempts there. Um, I was a little bit worried because I was like, uh, I was sh- I, and I was shocked to see Bohalio so willing to exchange that much early, mm-hmm. right? You know, you kind of knew he was going to have to get him down. I mean, it'd be Oleg Shajek is a t- would be a tough matchup for Bohalio over three rounds to stand with. I thought he'd get look to get the fight down earlier than what he did, um, but in round two, Bohalio he did just that. Great double leg, just mm-hmm. ran through Oleg Shajek, um, moved uh, to the back of the the back mount, excuse me, and got the choke and finished immediately. Ran to the closest camera and called out everyone who said he wasn't a finisher. And I just was immediately like, I mean, just next time at me, bro. Right? Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But no, just a phenomenal performance. Like I said, I was worried, you know, kind of like what we saw with Blades Pavlovich last week where I'm like is this guy going to try to like prove a point and sand and bang with Oleg Shade? Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? And then, and he's a very, like, and I said it last week, he, I th- he's a dynamic striker, man. He moves yeah. well defensively. It's not a hundred percent. He does leave his chin up. He tends to just lean back to defend mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but he was throwing like big, like dynamic stuff, like flying, flying knees. knees and spinning and jumping. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's going to get tired. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. we have seen that as well too, but a uh, way to go out there and finish. Um, and I think again, I know, um, yeah, I'll let you go because I want to expand yeah. on that a little bit more, but no. just a good performance. Yeah, I know. I, I thought he used like a shoulder roll a little bit better than yeah. just going straight back. Yeah. Uh, he did get hit with that left hand, like off the jump and he kind of like stumbled a little bit and I was like oh gosh yeah. this is a bad start but that's where I was like oh he's gonna shoot now and yeah he just it was just nothing and I'm like oh please don't do this right and, and <laughs> but I and I what I said last week is what I, I seen in this fight they were both the perfect matchup their strengths yeah. were the other person's weakness sure. and I think Kyle is trying to work on you know making that more of a strength for him because he knows at the top of this division are strikers yeah who have seen wrestlers and you know he's still gonna have to work for those but I thought he felt comfortable the whole time yeah um, even though he wasn't necessarily winning all the exchanges, he never it never looked like he was um, uncomfortable or yeah. wasn't doing what he wanted to do. Right. And like you said, in the second round, he just um, 
found a, got to that double, worked his back, and kind of just took his time and played with his food a little bit and then yeah. got what he wanted. Um, I thought the cup shot was a big uh, reset in this because that Mikhail had him against the cage. Uh, you had the accidental nut shot, and then yeah. they separated, and then that kind of took away. It seemed like Mikhail kind of lost a, a gear there. Sure. Um, I don't know if it was just the adrenaline dumping or, you know, Kyle was able to kind of reapproach him and, yeah. and get that space and do what he does with his striking. But sure. I thought that was a big turning point in this. Yeah, that's a good observation. I didn't think about that, but that is a good point. Um, but you kind of said it there. I thought um, even his walk out to the cage, um, this guy had no doubt. I mean, there was no doubt in his mind that he wasn't going to get the win mm -hmm. here. Um, I I genuinely think he's the real deal. Yeah. I really do. I mean, we've kind of been talking about him for a while. He's been somebody we've been watching. Um, and to clarify, even with the finishing stuff, getting back to that, I said I want to expand. It wasn't that I ever thought he wasn't capable. And I think I even said it last week was <laughs> – I know he is, and that's what was so frustrating. Mm -hmm. But like I said, is these are the kind of guys that he should be finishing, right. and this is exactly what I personally wanted to see from Bohayo. Um, and this is just a big win, man. Like I said, Oleg Shajek is a tough win. I know maybe he's not the most you know noticeable or recognizable name, but mm -hmm. this was a big win, and Bohayo's had some really tough fights in the UFC. That's what they said on the broadcast. They said that they don't know if anybody's had a tougher first three fights yeah, out of the man. contender series than him. Just some sneaky, tough guys in mm -hmm. there. Um, and like I said, man, I really do think he's the real deal. He said he wants a top 15 guy next. Couldn't agree more. You know who else he called out that we don't hear nobody calling out? Uh, it was Bo Nickel. Really? He said he wants that. Because he basically he says that he thinks the hype trains are just that. Kind of like the, sure. he brought up Raul Rosos Jr. And he's like, I'm not hype. I'm here for real. And I think that Bo's I just a one-trick opponent. <laughs> I mean, he yeah. would be a, a dangerous matchup with his grass. And the way he strikes is very open and um, just real dangerous. Yeah, those are those ones are always tough for me, right? Because when I got two like young prospects that I really right. like, it's, you wanna let, let I don't want them to match up right now and yeah. kill the hype of one of them, right? Like I'd like to see both of these guys continue building. I love the Derek Brunson call out. I think that makes a ton of sense, um, and and it's a it's a be a good matchup, mm -hmm. especially right now. Like Brunson could use a, a guy like Bohayo, and and vice versa. Bohayo could use a guy like Brunson to help build his name as well, right. um, but. If, if Bohayo is healthy, and I think he is, I mean, he d didn't seem to be injured in there, mm -hmm. pretty flawless, clean performance, didn't take a lot of damage. Him versus Brendan Allen on June 3rd would be massive. Yeah. I mean, I think if he can turn that around, Brendan Allen, I, I don't know if it's in our news. Yeah, it is, we but we can. Okay, yeah, Brendan Allen, uh, Jack Romanson fell out of that fight, mm -hmm. and Brendan Allen needs an opponent. I know he's trying to call out. Uh, Sean Strickland, um, yeah. um, but he's booked with Abus. Um, but man, I mean, come on, yeah. him, Kayo, and Brendan Allen is a fantastic fight. And if he can turn around in a month, like let's go. Right. Like, and I mean, <laughs> even if you have to do a shuffle where you do Strickland and Brendan Allen, Abus and Kayo would be uh, an amazing fight yeah, as well. So. Absolutely. A couple other results we're going to talk about real quick, John. Hadolfo Vieira defeating Cody Brundage via second round head and arm choke. Uh, you can't just, you just can't go to the ground with this guy, with no. Hadolfo. You just can't. And Brundage was so close to winning this fight. Dropped Vieira in round one. Almost had him finished, but Hadolfo survives and gets it done on the ground. I mean, good for Hadolfo getting a win, but like, dude, yeah, you just got to avoid it at any means necessary. 
he's like the new Damian Maya. Just don't mm-hmm. let him touch you. Well, <laughs> I heard that he actually brought in an MMA jiu-jitsu coach because he was trying to do regular, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And as we know, MMA wrestling, different. MMA yeah. boxing, different. MMA jiu-jitsu is different. And you kind of seen him kind of reapproach things and, you know, be able to get to this yeah. finish that we thought we'd see him get in other positions he's been in against other guys. Yeah. And his gas tank held up. That's another thing yeah. that um, has been kind of plaguing him in his other fights. And Brundage cracks, man. And again, oh, yeah. if you need, and if you want to know how good Oleg Shajek is, he was coming off a win to um, Brundage. Brundage. Yeah. So, I mean, that's how good a guy like Oleg Shajek is, just to tell you how good a guy like Kyle Bahayo is. But, uh, yeah, got to feel a little bit for Brundage there. He was so close. And then a tough loss uh, for Julian Erosa, first-round TKO loss to Fernando Padilla. Uh, tough call by Chris Tyone, or for him, I'll yeah. say, for him to make. Um, I think this was a perfect example of kind of what Jacob was saying last week. When you're a ref and you're going in there to stop it, you just have to commit, right? Because um, Erosa... As Arosa was coming up, right, because, I mean, he got stung he got by Fernando. Twice. Yeah, just dropped. Dropped to his knees. And as he was coming up, Tyone was already on his way to stopping the fight. And then I think exactly like what Jacob said last week is once you're on your way in, you just got to you gotta commit yeah. to it. And that's what happened. And, again, a guy like Julian Arosa, like I said with Brad Tavares, would you like to see him get more time in there because they have been in so many wars and they've shown that they can hang? Absolutely. But, I mean, dude – Anybody that's standing in there with those guys, I mean, who who does yeah. that? We would all probably make that. Yeah, and, and it's tough because we have seen fights where that same guy, you know, turns around, plants, and knocks the guy right. who's been chasing him out. And sure. it doesn't feel great to see Julian immediately being on his feet and moving and ready and to just like come keep on fighting. Yeah, with his hands yeah. up and, and that, and even more so than the Brad Tavares. I do because I even said it last week with Brad Tavares is you would have liked to have seen him get a little bit more time, but he was on his back, and I don't know that it would have made it much of right. a difference. I think he was gonna on his way to getting finished regardless but to see a guy like julian arosa who like i said tough as nails he's on his feet uh, circling away like you want to see right. that's defending yourself intelligently he was circling off right away from right. the power and uh it just it's a tough call for tyone who's who's actually a really good referee as right. well i think so just tough all around man but it does suck like well for fernando i don't know if you'd seen but he's his first ufc fight he's too. been trying to get in the ufc since 2021 but he had visa issues and wasn't able to make yeah. it hadn't fought since 2022 or 2021 i think so yeah and in that time julian had fought five times like this was a huge moment for him yeah um you hate to see it kind of go like this but i feel like in fights when a guy gets hit and he falls to his knees the next shot usually puts him yeah. in the shadow realm sure and maybe if you're the ref you're seeing that and that punch didn't land so he's able to get back up and like you said now you're already there so you can't break all right go break yeah. all right go so yeah yeah it, it is so tough uh any other results i thought uh the hajirio uh de lima and waldo cortez acosta yeah yeah that was a fun fight man and man shout out to Rogerio de lima just eating up those legs and Dude, shout out to uh cortez acosta for like not giving up and I, just tough as nails continuing to throw punches yeah. like Delima almost let that fight go yeah. uh, by not continuing. I think he got a couple checked and it kind yeah. of pushed him off as still going there. But man, Acosta, Cortez Acosta, he's nine and one. He was a um, a baseball pitcher yeah. before. And um, so he's real young to the sport. But I think as he learns some of these things, he's got power. Man. Yeah, dude. He, I don't think a lot of people are going to want to box with him because yeah. his hand speed is really, really nice. And then who was the guy that like took the fight on two? He, Marcus McGee. Wow. 
Three what? days notice. That's crazy. Came in, never fought in the Catch UFC. Catch weight, wins, yeah. and you get the bonus. Yeah, never fought in the UFC. It was a first round. Was it first round? Second Re- round. Second round rear naked choke comes in on two or three days notice, makes his UFC debut on two or three days. Three, was it two or three? Uh, three. Okay, makes his UFC debut on three days notice and then goes out and finishes, gets a win bonus, like you said. Just crazy. Yeah. And you've seen guys like he's from, he trains at the MMA lab, and like mm. Sean O'Malley was like, you guys have no idea. Like this guy is really good real mm-hmm. deal and like obviously he was super happy for him but right. you know he's said he's definitely somebody to keep an eye out it sounds like so that is it that is ufc fight night real quick an update on our scores kyle bohayo giving your boy all three points there for the second round sub so i remain in first place with 36 john you got one point for bohayo calling him for to win there but i think you had him by unanimous decision yeah. so you get one point at 28 and then brandon getting two points for song Dong. so he's at 25 still in last place uh, but just three points off john so and we have a Big, big week coming. Dude. Probably four to five picks this week. So, again, make sure you're tuning in yeah. this Friday to our kickback show. I mean, imagine when we get to 290 when we're picking eight fights. Yeah, we're like. just going to pick the whole card. <laughs> First time in Neon Belly history. We're right. going to pick a whole entire fight card probably. All righty. Here we go, John. <sighs> I get so nervous every year. Yeah. I will say, and before we get into our MMA draft, it absolutely sucks not having Brandon yeah. sit in that chair right now because this is so much funner with three people. And uh, me and you were kind of talking um, last night about it, yesterday, about, you know, it was never a question really of not doing it right, oh, but yeah. it was just like, I think now that we're here with just two two of us doing it, it's like, look, next year, I think maybe we try to get like four or five people. We just so call much it, fun, man. get Damien in here, get Jacob, Brandon, me, you, you know, we'll just try to get- Change up some of the stipulations, just make yeah, it fresh. I like the stipulations. I really feel good about, we've we've- we've changed the stipulations every year, some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like where they're sitting now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really do. I thought that yesterday, especially after the one change that we'll get to in a minute that we made, I'm really excited about the stipulations. Um, but yeah, it just, it's, this is going to be a lot funner. And, and I think, like I said, with us doing it with two people, we're like, dude, forget it next year. We're doing it with like yeah. four it's or so five. Much, it's so much different when you think like, yeah. all right, here comes my guy. And the person before you get them, now you're scrambling because of the rule set, you know, the only one in a weight class, all these things. Yeah. So, so bear with us. It is just me and John. I hope that doesn't take anything away from it. Cause this is still a tough exercise because yeah. John, I mean, we could still pick the same guy, and one of us is going to be scrambling, right? But uh, basically, this is very, we do this every year for the NFL draft in honor of the NFL draft, and it works just like a draft. Um, and this is the third annual Neon Belly MMA mm-hmm. draft. Obviously, like I mentioned, no Brandon. Um, but I might we might have Brandon pick up the scraps and just give us a team. Like who would who would he pick who up? Who would he who's pick? Left? Yeah, with who's left. Um, but it is seven rounds. Each round has a different stipulation, which we will announce at the beginning of the round. So stay tuned. Um, each team will only have one champion per mm-hmm. team, and I guess I can spoil it, or it's not a spoiler if you've listened, but the first round you pick one champion. So that will be off the board in the first round. So no other champions are allowed on our teams. You can only pick one fighter per weight class. So for example, once you pick a Bantamweight fighter, you cannot pick another Bantamweight fighter for your team. And each team must have at least one female fighter. So one of your rounds, you must draft at least one female fighter. Um, and you cannot pick a fighter that you had last year Mm -hmm. um so now i'm going to run through our teams that we did pick for last year um and again if you don't know our round stipulations these may seem all over the place or like why would you pick this person right so bear with us because like i said when we get into it you will hear 
their stipulations and all that. So these were our teams last year. Um, and I'm going to do it actually in order of last place to first. Mm-hmm. So picking first this year and in last place didn't even need Brandon here to do it because, John, your team came in last place. A little shocked by this because this is a good team yeah. on paper. You drive When I went through and wrote out the team first, I'm like, oh, man, John probably won this, uh, but didn't quite get it done in the winning percentage. Mm-hmm. So you had Charles Oliveira, Jamal Hill, who became a champion, so a good mm-hmm. pick there, Kai Carfront, Saeed Nurmagomedov, Anatoly Tokov, Kane Velazquez, and Zhang Weili, who also uh, became a champ. So good, good value right. there for your last round pick. John, out of a possible 12 fights that your fighters fought last year combined, they won eight mm-hmm. for a winning percentage of 67%. Yeah, I, I, it feels like one of those seasons where you got the MVP, but you didn't win the Super Bowl, you know? Because <laughs> Whaley... You might have had the best player, but I yeah. uh, didn't get it done there. Brandon's team, Brandon came in second place, so shocker there, I'm the champion from last year, in case you needed to know. Brandon's team came in second place with Alexander Volkanovsky, ironically, Islam Makhachev, who became a champ as well, right. and uh, took some points there from his own guy. It's like in fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Brady, Sergei Pavlovich, Corey Anderson, Ronda Rousey, and Paulo Costa. Brandon's fighters fought a total of 10 times last night, uh, last year, within the last calendar year, won seven of them for a winning percentage of 70 percent i think we should get a couple Seven of those points because we did gave him pavlovich we did give him pavlovich which gave he was, him three right that's what i'm saying gave him three fights with three wins there but so it is what it is man it's a new season that's brandon man how, yeah. how many more times are we gonna have to carry brandon right yeah, uh, and my team was valentina shevchenko yuri prohashka who became a champion shavkat rachmanov tom aspinall usman nurmagomedov anderson silva and pedro munoz my fighters fought a total of 11 times last year with eight victories for a winning percentage of 72 percent baby so mine fought the most tw- with 12 fights yep and nice. got eight got so eight. so if you would have had one more fight we would have been tied we would have been tied yeah. absolutely um and for the record those team records are compiled from the last year uh from saturday may 3rd 2022 through this past saturday april 29th 2023 so we just mm-hmm. look at the calendar year there from when we drafted to the last fight night or ufc pay-per-view whatever it is um i think that's all we got and it's yeah. hard to tell you know who's going to be active you know people can get injured or have trouble coming off a loss or champions don't fight a lot yeah so like you tough. know Jam- getting jamal hill and not him having to wait for a year he didn't get a chance to fight again until well yeah like tom aspinall i got one fight out of him he got injured lost you know to curtis blades and stuff like that mm-hmm. so but like a guy like um uh umar nurmagomedov right or usman whichever one's in bellator mm-hmm. i always forget fought three times he right. got me three and oh plus became a champion in bellator right excuse me so that's always uh yeah you, you do get those but yeah you're right about sergey we kind of we kind of teed brandon up there a little bit because he was like panicking like I, I, don't, I don't i think we took one of his mm-hmm. who he had in that funny enough about that you also had marvin vittori as your welterweight at first and you had to like backtrack because you, you forgot that he was a middleweight i, I did yeah, yeah. You're right about that. that i forgot it was about a fun that. it was a fun little like that's what and that's what makes it fun with three it's people tough. yeah it's because then you had to like scramble like oh gosh that was going to be my pick you guys have already took these guys blah 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 yeah so no absolutely that's what makes it fun man so i'm gonna do a new strategy this year though okay and i'm gonna take this board uh-huh i was thinking about this last night I'm going to write down your picks because yeah. I want to track 
Yeah. So essentially every round you got to come up with like one fighter almost for every weight class. Cause right. I don't, we don't know who each other is going to pick. So I want to try to track where you're at so I can kind of game plan for go. myself as we go. I thought I, about I this. Feel, feel free to do it for me if you want. Buddy. I feel really confident that we're not going to we'll really overlap too much. We'll see. Cause I, I, what I did is I tried to pick nobody I've ever picked in the last past two drafts, That's fair. which is hard. It is hard. Like none of not very many of these guys are like lonely heart club guys from sure. So all right. It makes it fun. Absolutely. Let's get into it. John round one, you are picking first and this is the stipulation on this round. As I mentioned, any current UFC champion, John, who are you taking first overall in the 2023 neon belly MMA draft with the first pick? My team is going to be taking flyweight champion Brandon Moreno. All righty. I like it. John's taking flyweight off the board. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. that. That's. I, I think I see your strategy there. Yeah. I think you're going for. I think you're going for volume plus probably wins there. You know, oh, it's 100%. A good, cha- good chance Brandon Moreno fights three times this year. Could win all three. Might fight Figgy again. We never know. You do never know. Uh I don't think this is any surprise here for me. Um, I'm so happy to be able to finally add this guy to my team for the third year. It's been a while. (laughs) And to be able to add him as a champion makes it even sweeter. And I'm going with the heavyweight GOAT, the MMA GOAT, the legend, Johnny Bones Jones. You think he's the heavyweight GOAT off of one win? Yes. He's a light heavyweight goat for sure. No, he's a heavyweight. He's just the goat. All I mean, Stipe around. has all those title defenses though. He's, he's gonna beat Stipe. Well, if he might fight, he might not fight him. We never know. So my heavyweights off the board after round one. John, your flyweights off the board. Yeah. Round two. The stipulation here is any UFC fighter who has never held a title. Um, and for the record, folks, last year all three of our picks in this round became champions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this was this is a. I told John yesterday. I, I was like, this might be the biggest, if not the one of the biggest, if not the biggest pick, and probably one of the best people on our team usually, right? Because yeah. I think all of our champions lost last year as well. Because yeah, uh, you had Charles, Charles who lost. Uh, Brandon's didn't. He had it. He technically didn't lose, but he did lose to Islam. He did lose a title, and then fight. obviously I had Valentina. So, but then all three of our picks in this round did go on to become champions and that's usually here in the higher round Mm -hmm. an earlier draft pick you're looking for the next best thing and that so we do try to typically keep it you know you got to think who could be a champion and and maybe next year we'll add a little points if somebody on your team becomes champion yeah and you know i think this year we had like 10 new champions yeah so there's a big turnaround and this is a tough one for me man i've got like 15 people right here in front of me but who you got who's on your board i got 15 on mine so for my board i'm going to take lightweight benil darush (laughs) i think he's the best has the best chance at taking islam and because he is so well-rounded I, I don't know how many guys can beat him because he's ran through a lot of guys. And that's right. tough because I had I had light I mean lightweight is so deep. I have like six other guys in different weight classes, but I didn't know exactly who was gonna be picking first. I'm glad I am because now I get Benny Boy. So Benny was high on the board. <laughs> oh, he has to be. Yeah. I mean, he's uh, the, he has to be the one of the best non-champions when you talk about I mean, obviously you have Whitaker and some other guys who but they've he's already had a title. There's not been very many guys who are this good and haven't had a title. Yeah. I'm trying to think of how cheeky I want to get here. Um boy, this is tough, man. And this like you said, this has to be the best, you know, technically the best guy outside of a champion on on your list if you want to get the the style points. Yeah, I'm scrolling. Oh man. Okay, there it is. 
yeah, I'm scrolling down. I'm looking down my board. I'm trying to look at other rounds. Luckily for you, Brandon's not here to take somebody else off your board. So. I kind of want to see here, like, who? where do I want to go? Who can I... Who, I mean, what? there's other lightweights that could even be in Oh, this. I have four lightweights right. on my board right now or for this round. This is a tough one, man, because uh, I'm so afraid of who you might take next round. Um, but you know what? I think I'm going to risk it. Um, I'm going to leave... Because it's always tough. Do you take the best person or the best fit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave somebody on the board because even if you take that person next round, I, I think I'll survive. Um, I am going to take. Oh, I can't. Get, I know, dude. Say this is it. so tough. Uh, I. I'm gonna go. You know what? I'm just gonna take the best. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna keep it simple, and I'm gonna take middleweight Hamza Chimaev. There you go. I don't know that he become because I don't think he becomes champion next year. I just mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a quite the pathway. He's gonna have to get active. He's gonna have to fight, but I don't think we're gonna see him until like October, maybe early next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's coming off the board. It was between him and Mayrob for me. Yeah, those uh, are tough. But but I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the wolf Hamza Chimaev. Who'd you? T- oh yeah, you took a lot. You took Benny. Mm-hmm. All right, John. So my welter, my excuse me, my middleweight mm-hmm. and my heavyweight off the board. Your flyweight and light. Still staying light right now. You are staying light. Round three. The stipulation: any UFC fighter who has never fought in a main event. Um, this round used to be pretty easy, but now oh, with gosh. all the fight now fight nights, I mean, it is so hard to find the best guys who haven't had a main event mm-hmm. at this point because you got so. I mean, just like this past week, like yeah, who would have thought Ricky Simone, the number ten bantamweight, would have a main event under his belt? Well, that's like, the thing too is if that fight doesn't get changed to a main event, he's easily one of the yeah. picks for the like the highest picks for yeah. this. So, so John, who is your UFC fighter who has never fought in a main event? What you taking for this? I'm going to pull my uh, female fighter off Oh, the board. okay. Female strawweight, Tatiana Suarez. Okay. Who has a chance to even become a champion in this next I couple agree. of years. So I think she can be a high-value pick for me. I agree. I like that pick. And I'm lucky. And I kind of just got lucky that she had that injury bug, so she hadn't been able to be as active, um, and she just hasn't got a, a, a main event yet. So. so this is where I was hoping to take Benny. I had mm. Benny. I was really. I had him in the last round, and I had him on this in this round. Him and Hamzat both could fit into this. You know what's category. funny is I had Benny and Tatiana as the one and two of the last yeah. two uh, for never were, had a title and never made a Benny. Yeah, they were my one and two. So um, I have two options here, man. I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, you have taken now a fly a lightweight and a flyweight. So. Uh, or women's. I said straw weight because I think she's going back to that, right? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, that's but fair. it's not going to matter because I mean, we only have to have one female. Oh man, but what if I'm be I'm getting risky because <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking I'm trying to. I mean, you might as well. Alrighty, here's who I'm going to take for my one UFC fighter who has never fought in a main event, and it is going to be the Sugar Show, baby, Sean O'Malley. Ooh. For my my now men's bantamweight off the board. How crazy to be that popular and that highly ranked and not have had. I feel like he could be some good value here at this mm-hmm. pick because he is like the number one or two or two ranked, I think two or three ranked bantamweight. So he is some really high value. It's just I don't know now that he's at the top and he's his next fight's going to be a banger. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's going to be a tough fight no matter who it is. So this this is a bit of a risk I feel like for me, but. Um, but I, I'm going to take the value there. I feel like there might be some value here in the third round from a Sugar Sean O'Malley. Yeah, that's a good one. I think both my, of us got a lot of value out of that pick. 
Yeah. All right, John. Round four is any UFC fighter with five fights or less in the UFC. For this pick, um, and I, I mean, I'm going to say it, and if, if you feel a way about it, I can I can pivot off of it. But for my pick, I'm going to take middleweight Alex Pajeda. So I have Alex down on my board, but I put him at a light heavyweight because we know he's going right. to be. I just wasn't. He hasn't fought there yet, but he is committed. To right. Him. So I feel like we know for sure he is. So you can take it, but you're going to have to take him at light heavyweight because I think that's that's the fair way to do it. Okay. Well, then I'm going to pivot off of him. Okay. Um, and I'm going to pivot to another middleweight and take Bo Nickel. Okay. I like Bo Nickel there. Um, I just wasn't sure with Pajeda because. Just because he is going to light heavyweight doesn't mean he can't still fight in middleweight. He did leave that open to fight Izzy. Yeah. And we do know guys who kind of go up and down, but I, but I was going to say, okay, if this doesn't work, I have a pivot. But it's kind of crazy to have Alex Pajeda this round be even being available. So you are taking your middleweight Bo Nickel, yep. five fights or less in round four. This is where I'm taking my female roster spot right here because I am going with women's flyweight, future women's flyweight champion, Aaron Blanchfield, mm, baby. That's a good pick. I think she is a bang-on champion this year. I have a feeling, and I don't care if it's Valentina. I don't care if it's Alexa Grasso. I think Aaron Blanchfield's going to be a champion by this time next year. That's my yeah. prediction. And I think I'm finding value because I think I just found a future champion here in round four with somebody that right now has five fights or less, which is crazy. Yeah. And I can't believe none of us picked Alex Pedeta in this spot last year, by the way. I was yeah. a little shocked by that. I don't even remember who I picked here last year. Uh, well, I don't know. I'd have to go back yeah. up. But yeah, no, that's tough. Round five, John, is any fighter outside of the UFC who is not a champion? Who right. are you taking? This is where I had to um, protect my light heavyweight pick by not taking Alex Pajeda in the last one. And I'm going with Yoel Romero. Okay. The Bellator title contender. He's going to be fighting for a title soon, but he doesn't have it yet. I agree. Good pick there. Mine, John, is going to be Bellator featherweight Again, I think this could be future Bellator featherweight champion, Aaron Pico. Mm, yeah. Uh, he's won seven of his last eight. Uh, the one loss against Jeremy Kennedy, uh, he obviously broke his whole shoulder in the middle yeah. of the fight. The fight was stopped, so he took the loss. But he just came back two weeks ago um, and got a win over James Gonzalez. And I really think in this next year, um, again, I may be finding another champion here mm -hmm. in the fifth round. But we shall see. My pick here last year with uh, Usman became a champion, so I'm hoping to keep that streak alive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. I mean, Bellator just has so many good fighters. I will tell you who, uh, who was going to be on my board just out of love. At this, but it was going to be at heavyweight. Is our that boy Daniel James? Yeah, that he was been fun. He was going to be one of mine, but I just felt like Yoel, especially just being active. Um, I just think that I mean he's one of the scariest guys still on the planet. So I agree, John. Round six. Are you ready? Only two picks left. Mm -hmm. Any UFC fighter fighter on a two or more losing streak? Um, and this this last year, like I said. Your seventh round, this was our seventh round, so this mm -hmm. was our last pick last year. Um, we used, last year we did any legend, so that's right. our veteran, retired UFC fighter. So that's why when we were breaking down the teams, you're probably like, why do these people have, like, Anderson Silva and whoever else right. we had? But we decided since that position or that stipulation doesn't really add value to the overall record, we right. replace it. And the new stipulation will now be in round seven, which you'll hear in a minute. 
But John, this was your last pick last year. Mm-hmm. You picked Jean Wei Lee, who was on a two fight losing streak at that time, and then went on a two fight winning streak and is now the current women's strawweight champion. So let's see if you can recreate some of that magic here, John. Who are you taking? There's a lot of pressure, but I feel like in, in a similar fashion, somebody coming off of two losses just so happened to be title losses. My welterweight, Kamara Uzman. I knew it. That was my pick too. I knew it. Yeah, I, I felt like because as soon as I started thinking about Whaley, I was like, why was it so good? Because she was coming off of title fights. Like those are stuff that are that's hard to you know replicate. And for Kamaru, I mean, he could still beat everybody else in the division except for you know maybe <sighs> Leon. So. Boy, you've put me in a bind here. All right, this is not. This is literally the fourth person down on my board for this pick. Um, this is where it gets tight, man, because you get here to the end, and you don't have many options. Um, so I'm going to take my other backup welterweight pick on my board here, and I'm going to go with Vincente Luque. Mm, that's not a bad pick, man. Yeah, it's not bad, but it's not Kamara Usman. Well, you, you know who my backup was going to be just off of um, the, the weight classes and stuff was going to be Pierre Yon. He's yeah, coming off he, a four. So but. he was my bantamweight. That's why I didn't know. Yeah, he was my bantamweight. I had Brian Ortega as my featherweight. Mm, yeah. Um, but with taking Aaron Pico, I couldn't take another one. And then that's what was so tough about picking Sean O'Malley. I'm like, man, there's still some value there with Piotr Jan mm-hmm. here in the sixth round. But I'll take Luke A, man. I mean, I know it's not going to be like it's a— has got a big fight coming up. Yeah, it's not going to be a, you know, a Zhang Weili title thing. But maybe he can get a couple wins for me here. Are you ready, John? Yeah. New stipulation here. Round seven is any— UFC fighter ranked outside of the top 15. As I mentioned, new stipulation used to be the retired fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, we decided to change that this year to help, you know, boost the records, have a little bit more fun here. I'm really interested to see who you take. All righty. For my unranked fighter, I think I'm, I'm going high value here too. At featherweight, I'm going with Jack Shore. Nice. He was on my board. 14 and one. He had a tough fight against, um, was it Ricky Simone? Yes, yeah. Ricky Tough fight against Ricky Simone, yeah. but can't bounce back in his next fight with a good submission win, and he's a really strong candidate from Wales. I am going to occupy with my last pick, and I'm going to take my light heavyweight off the board as well. I am going with Carlos Olberg. You know what? He was on the list. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's on like a three or four fight win streak at 205 pounds. I think, again. Yeah, he's dangerous. Yes, I think he can make a nice run this year. Uh, so that is my team. John, run us through your team one more time. All righty. We got Brandon Moreno as my champion. We have Benil Darush as my never had a title. We have Tatiana Suarez as my never main evented. We have uh, Bo Nickel as my five wins are left in the UFC. We have Yoel Romero as my outside the UFC fighter. We have Kamaru Usman as my coming off of two losses fighter. And we have Jack Shore as my unranked fighter. All righty. And I have first pick John Jones, middleweight for my um, for my second pick, Hamzat Shimaev. Third round, Sean O'Malley. Fourth round, Aaron Blanchfield. Fifth round, Aaron Pico. Uh, sixth round, Vincente Luque, and seventh round, Carlos Olberg. Mm. There it you know is. who I had on my unranked as well, and it it is only going to be if I didn't get Benny. And it's gonna be it was gonna be like a shocker because he only has one fight. But I was like, this dude. Who is this? It's gonna. It was that Ismael Bonfim. Oh, Bonfim. Yeah, that would have been a fun one. Because what he did to Terrence McKinney. Whew. I think this is interesting because I feel like both of us went a little bit more unorthodox. I don't know if yeah. unorthodox is the word, but. 
you know, this isn't like, you know, there's a lot of these people that maybe some people have never heard of, or, you know, it's definitely not your biggest. I feel like as we now in our third year, we're definitely looking more um, into wins. Like, Mm -hmm. right. Like how can I get the most wins out of this? Yeah. And and I don't know that I'll be able to copy my attempt to like not picking people I've picked in previous drafts as we get deeper because it's so hard. See, I think first, excuse me, I think first year. I had Hamzat on my yeah. team. So I have him here again, but I didn't have him last year, which was so tough too with like Shavkot. Because mm-hmm. there's a couple of these stipulations that Shavkot could have picked. He was on my right list. And I'm like, oh, I want to pick him so bad, but I can't. So, yeah, so. there it is, I hope John. you guys enjoyed it, man. We had a lot of fun coming up with this. Yeah, every again, year. you know, not as, not, probably not as fun with three, where there's just two of us. Still, you see how clearly challenging it still is just mm-hmm. with two people. Like I said, you have to have a cra- every single round, you have to have a yeah, board. Being and, in last helps. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it absolutely does. Here we go, John. Let's get to the news. Going on the news. Uh, going on the news. Uh, uh. If you don't like it, Brandon will punch you and give you a bruise. <laughs> Nate Diaz turning himself into the New Orleans Police Department on Thursday morning and was booked into custody on a charge of a felony second-degree battery. He was issued an arrest warrant Monday stemming from a street brawl last weekend involving multiple people following the Misfits boxing card. Uh, Nate voluntarily turned himself into the de- police department Thursday morning. His representative, Zach Rosenfield, wrote in a statement, we continue to look forward to presenting all the evidence and videos that show Nate was acting in self-defense. Um, Nate obviously is out now. He bailed it out yeah. um, or bonded out and he's been on Twitter kind of chirping with Jake Paul. There's been a lot of stuff surrounding the guy that he got into the altercation with of being like a, he's an MMA fighter, a blue belt. Right. And, um, a lot of people are finding different angles where it does seem like Nate wasn't trying to engage. He's caught him in a guillotine and he dropped him. But when he dropped him, his head went back and hit on the cement, busted it open. Hey, John, jujitsu still works in the streets. That's what I see. I mean, it was quick. I've seen some people are upset because, like, the dude had his hands up. He didn't really initially like it didn't doesn't look like he was threatening or being a threat but at the same time like you can't just walk up on somebody and get in their face either and, that, why would you walk up on nate diaz yeah. get with an arm drink if you didn't want you to know do what that. you're walking into yeah. absolutely but like i said hey jujitsu uh, and post from that uh, nate diaz said that um jake paul is on roids and let's do 12 rounds trying to change the stipulations yeah. for their august fight I like it. so who knows how that goes down uh also davison figueredo will no longer be facing manel cop at ufc 290 doctors to Determined he was unable to compete at the pay-per-view event scheduled for July 8th in Las Vegas due to eye injuries and his or eye injury in his most recent bout in January. A doctor stoppage loss to Brandon Moreno. I'm still injured, Figueroa said. He said I asked for a fight and told my manager I wanted to fight already. But when he gave me the fight, I talked to my physical therapist and my doctor, and they said my eyesight still isn't 100 percent There are days I see things normal, but there are other days where it's not okay, especially days after I train. So they decided to put me on a six-month suspension. Um, I mean, really unfortunate for Manil Cop. Yeah. Um, it seems kind of weird to agree to a fight without having the clearance. Yeah. Um, but I also did see that um, in that same thing, in that same <clears throat> interview, uh, Figgy said that he was very confused on getting a number nine ranked guy and not a top five guy and said that. Well, dude, you're going to Bantamweight to begin right. with. So and then he basically expect? was like, well, actually, I want a top five guy when I come back. I don't even want this guy. Yeah, dude. Like the whole division moved on because you were going to Bantamweight. So, like, I mean, I don't know what you really expect from that. But, yeah, I that sucks for Cop because, like you said, I mean, I think he's had like three or four fights fall yeah. off because of injuries or weight issues. Obviously, most and, recently the Alex Perez one. Yeah, so that, that really sucks for Manel Cop. Like, 
kind of like Benny Dariush, where it's just like, dude, this guy just has horrible luck when it comes to this stuff. So, yeah, and unfortunately, he said some colorful things on Twitter. Was very upset. So yeah. hopefully, um, you know, he, he can get somebody quick because this messes up the division to an extent. Sure. Because that fight could have determined, you know, oh, who, yeah. who if depending on what happens in Brandon Moreno's fight, what yeah, happens? For so, sure. Uh, Jack Hermanson is out of his five round fight. Uh, you, we already talked. Yeah, about we already that. talked Sorry. about that. Yeah. Um, Kelvin Gastelum told, is saying that he's going back to welterweight. UFC exec- executives agree with the move, and he expects to fight in September. He's also said that he will work with Dana White's nutritionist to make the move. I love this, man. I'll tell you why. The move to welterweight, or from welterweight, I mean, for Gastelum going up. I mean, obviously, it's kind of a running joke, but obviously he's always had problems making the 70. Mm-hmm. But, dude, if he can make 170 pounds and be healthy and consistent with it he is going to be a massive problem yeah, hasn't fought there since class. 2015 yeah but we're talking about dana's nutritionist the, yeah the type of, of crazy fitness that dana white's in right now it's crazy i get it yeah uh got some fight announcements ufc 290 sean brady versus jack della madalena um july 15th fight night main event your pick vincente luque returns to face rda um, those are two huge fights, especially yeah. to add that to 290 with right. uh, Cop and Figueredo falling off of that. Yeah. Uh, last week, we forgot to mention a huge victory by Apache, yeah. Mix, and Bellator. I think there's just so much going on. Yeah, man. I think we literally stopped the episode, and we were sitting there still talking to Jacob, and he said something about somebody landing a knee, knee or something, and we, and we both, both just yeah. looked at each other <sighs> like, oh. Yeah, had a huge win over Raytheon Stotts to win the Bantamweight Grand Prix, winning a million dollars and setting up a unification fight against the winner of Sergio Pettis and Patricio Pitbull, who are fighting in June. This is, yeah, I mean, Patchy Mix is, he's a bad dude, man. That knee, again, we put it into the candidates for knockout of the year. Just phenomenal, beautiful knee. And it's crazy to me, man, like, you know, some, so I feel like a lot of times, you know, obviously the UFC is so massive, but... I think people forget, like, these other promotions are just as credible, just as massive. There's You can't, like, shit on a Bellator or PFL that gives mm-hmm. champions a million dollars. I mean, just think about, like, a guy like Patchy Mix, where he is in his MMA career. If he just, like, came into the UFC, like, how long would it take him to get to a million dollars in the UFC? I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't be as long as, I, as we thought, but, you know, you'd probably take probably think a couple years, probably right. six, seven fights maybe. I mean, he'd have to fight through a whole contract, get a new, I don't know. In a, in a stacked division. In a stacked division. And here he just, you know, knocked out another guy that's a phenomenal fighter in Raytheon Stotts. And not only is he now the, you know, the Grand Prix champion and uh, and all that, but he's a million dollar he has yeah. a million, he's a millionaire overnight, yeah. and like that's crazy. That Caught out saying he's the best bantamweight weight in the world, and <sighs> to prove that he's gonna be. He's not even. A, he's not even a striker. This right. guy's a grappler. Like keep that in mind as well. Right. Not and supposed to be striking. Not supposed to be knocking guys out like that. Right. And if he gets through this next fight or the winner between Sergio Pettis and Patricio, it's crazy. You have a good claim because those are two very very great bantamweights. Yeah. I mean, the Bellator bantamweight division is very very stacked. Yeah. No, I agree. Like I said, I just that's where like sometimes I just like man like people that try to like go down like look down on some of those smaller promotions it's like dude like think about a guy like patchy mix that just became a millionaire overnight and if he came in through the contender series and then you know have like six or seven i mean how long would it take him to get that it's just crazy here's what i love I love the Grand Prix. Yeah, it's fun. It's a clear-cut number one because whoever wins, yep. you just paid him a million dollars, so you kind of have to you know, set him up next. I agree. And it gives these guys a chance who might not, you know, might take them three, four fights to get to number right. one. Well, guess what? Now you can do it in three fights. Yeah. You just so happen to have to beat the seven, you know, 
a couple of the seven best guys right. in the division. They're exciting. Yeah, and I just think it it gives so much opportunity to shake stuff up. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. And um, for some reason, Dana White is just not a fan of them. I don't know why, uh, but they are fun. They're fun yeah. to watch. And maybe there is a lot of people that aren't into them and don't care for it, but I think it's fun. Yeah, and I mean, there is something to – I mean, they kind of do it on certain cards, I feel like, where they'll put like four middleweight fights on this, yeah. and they might pick a winner out of that. But I like the, the solution. Sure. Uh, Bare Knuckle last night or a Saturday night, Ben Rothwell stopping Josh Copeland after Copeland's corner throws in the towel. Rothwell calling for a title shot after this. I think Rothwell found his home. <laughs> the way he fights, the dirty clinch stuff. Yeah. Like this is just like him. He's yeah. he's a Kenosha bear out there for real, and yeah. it's it's a uh, great to see for him. Eddie Alvarez wins a split decision fight over Chad Mendez. Great fight. I watched this. Mendez afterwards announcing his retirement. Yeah. Um, Crazy career for him. Oh, yeah. Got to go out on some good paydays, as he said, um, from his situation there. And, yeah, really really close fight. Um, Conor McGregor's in the crowd standing up, yelling at them. Like, the atmosphere was great. And then in our main event, Mike Perry stops Luke Rockhold in round two. Rockhold was uh, hurt bad, seemed to have busted his lip, broke some teeth. I didn't – yeah, I didn't – again, I watched this one too. um, And I I actually thought Rockhold had some good success, landed some big shots. You know, Mike Perry was landing big as well. But I didn't understand the stoppage. Like, it just kind of seemed – It sounded like he shattered some teeth. Okay. And he couldn't go anymore. Um, he quit. Like, it was like a, a TKO type of thing where it's yeah. like he couldn't keep fighting. But with that type of fight, like – you know, you don't have the gloves to pad stuff up. And, like, yeah. if, if your teeth are shattered or your jaw shattered or something. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, the whole build-up to this fight, to me, with him. <laughs> now you're uh, the booger man. Yeah, it was wild. The weird naked choke at the, it, nah, it's just, it just It was wild. But I just always got the vibe that, like, Luke Rockhold really didn't want to do this. Yeah. I, I don't know why. I just, something, and, like, and I'm not. I felt a lot like his last UFC fight. Yeah, I just, I, like I said, I don't know if it was just, like, he, I mean, I don't think he's a guy that needs the money. I don't know. I don't even want to pretend I know his financial situation. But, I don't, it just, something about the whole thing, the whole time to me, just seemed like he just really didn't want to do this or was just really unsure about yeah. doing this bare knuckle route thing. I, I don't know. It, it just was weird. And then, you know, to see him, I'm not saying he quit by any means, but like, I didn't know about the teeth thing. So yeah. like when I saw it, I'm like, Oh, did he just eat a big shot? I was like, yeah, dude, I'm done with it. Like, I, I don't yeah. know. It was just weird. Well, but originally they said it might be the jaw, but then afterwards what I've been yeah. reading is he like, they That's, broke or shattered some of his teeth. I would be done then too. So yeah. That makes sense. I mean, tooth pain, <laughs> tooth pain is top two yeah, worst pains terrible. ever. It's terrible. Um, and Mike Perry, man, talking about a guy who found his lane, <laughs> this dude just beat yeah. Michael Venom page and Luke Rockhold. And again, dude, we've talked about it before, but, it is so tough for mixed martial arts guys to go over there and be competitive mm-hmm. and win. How many mixed martial arts guys go and lose their first bare knuckle fight? Sometimes right. first couple. I mean, it's just a completely different thing. And so he's definitely found his his way over there. What cracked me up at the end was like, can I just do like a face off with Conor McGregor? So they give Conor the bare knuckle belt. I don't. Where did that belt even come from? Why was it there? I don't know. Conor puts it on his shoulder, gets in the cage. I thought it was going to be like this crazy bust up, but it was like so much respect between the two of them just sitting there talking to each other, like essentially. And then Connor Loki wants to do it. Connor, yeah, saying like, I like this. I'm going to do it. Look, look, I've never fought. They already gave me the belt. I've already got the, come and get it. Come and get it. Like, you know, it's, it was fun, man. It Bare knuckles just. Dude, and if you're Mike Perry, what a bigger opportunity. I mean, he isn't going to, I mean, I mean, who knows when this Michael Chandler fight's gonna happen? So I can't yeah. even say never. No, because, uh, yeah, I mean, dude, he's, geez, it's it's weird. Out I here, don't, right? I don't know if like Dana and Connor have the conversation where Dana like calls Connor like today, like, dude, come on, like that wasn't cool, like, <laughs> Stop. don't, yeah, like, don't get in there, like having somebody else's belt on. But uh, I can't 
I can't imagine they were overly thrilled with it. Right. Uh, but at the end of the day, too, it's like, man, I could see a world where Connor fights eventually in bare knuckle for sure. If Michael Perry's still around, it would be a huge fight, obviously, because he's becoming a star over there. Yeah, I but, mean, he promos. Yeah. He, yeah. His fights are always exciting. Like, he's a, a star over there. It's just, it's so funny, like, and, and and I guess I can throw I can include myself as being guilty of this because I only seem to watch the bigger better like I watched the the co main mm-hmm. and main last night, um, but like man it is such a fun sport to watch and it's you know like Dana said that like you know do you know where slap kills it at bars you know like everybody yeah. I'm like dude I don't know if like bar show bare knuckle but there's no way like if you put that on it like a b-dubs like oh, everybody's gonna stop and watch that thing because yeah, you're at the elbow and they got uh it is violence dude I mean and it just takes no time at all and those guys are all guys and girls are all busted up and it's such a crazy skill set yeah you know blocking is different the way Everything. you want to land your punches is different and that's why it's like MMA guys that think they're just gonna go over and just dominate it's like dude this is its own thing and there's guys that they, this is all they've ever done. You're signing you up know? to get busted up worse than you've ever had in your life because it's, it's bare fist. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, last bit of, th- of news I got is Gable Stevenson returns to the mats after dominating uh, and dominates in his first day returning yeah. to freestyle wrestling since Tokyo, winning his three matches that combined 34 to 1. Made it look easy, man. It's just, what do you, what is this guy is just unreal. It is really unreal. And almost as unfortunate that it takes so long to do Olympics because yeah. he could just be running through everybody still can like that's the one thing about jujitsu that's good because you can set up super fights over and over, you know, four or five times yeah. a year. But for wrestling you don't really have that as much. Yeah, there's not like a good well, there's not it's not like a really a great league for it, you know, right. I mean, like you know, the US Open and things like that where it gets a lot of attention. So also at the US Open, Frank Mir's daughter was there. Yeah, Bella Mir, dude. Um, I saw she's three and zero in her MMA fights. Obviously went to she's going to Minnesota, right? Yeah, uh, um, Iowa. Or Iowa. She's at Iowa. And um, then shows up to that U.S. Open and just starts dogging girls. She's yeah. going to be scary once she gets to... She's If good. she ends up wanting to do MMA for real... I think she will. Oof. I don't know. I I've, I imagine the Olympics will probably play into it at mm-hmm. some point. But yeah, I mean, already sponsored by the UFC for her yeah, college for the yeah, NIL deal. So yeah, they've they've got her on lock. Uh, that is that it. Yeah. All that's right, it. that's what we got this week, folks. Uh, song of the week. I'm going to go in honor of the kickback this week. A tribe called Quest. Can mm-hmm. I kick it? Yeah. Yes, you can. All right. Yes, you can, and you can too. This Friday, don't forget. <laughs> there we go, John. What's Transition. your one for the people? Uh, my one for the people is two things. One, this weekend I went to IKEA. Okay. For the first time, yeah, very weird. Um, I've I've never been in a situation where somebody was just like walking on my heels everywhere I went in there because <laughs> everything is just like, all right, go to this spot, go to this. See, spot. when we went, we went like we both had a day off work and it was like in the middle of the week and we mm-hmm. went kind of earlier in the day, so it wasn't. Oh, dude, it, it was, was like almost weirdly empty. Oh, okay, yeah. So then I found something I liked. It's like, all right, I want to get this bookshelf. We go find it and I go to try to pick it up. I was like, nope. Um, we're going to have to order this or I'm going to have to get some friends because this thing is massive. It didn't, didn't look, give you like a cart. No, they did. But I was like, I don't know how, I don't even know if it was going to fit in her car because it was a tall bookshelf. Yeah. Um, but it was really, it was fun. Um, but I definitely would have to be a little bit more organized next time I went. Cause I just found myself sure. in the middle side rooms like, Oh, this is cool. This is cool. Look at this shelf. Yeah. You go and you don't even know where you're at. That's one of them places where if somebody gave me like a million dollars and said, spend it in one place. All right. <laughs> next thing you know, I got a whole living room set and all See, types I of stuff. I just didn't really care for it. I just was like, yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. I guess if you really, if you really want to go, I mean, anything that's in there, you can find anywhere. Right. Uh, 
But it's like, I guess if you really just want to go shopping and to look at that stuff, 100% yeah. you're going to have a And fun I think time. for organizational things, they have a really good Did you eat set. in there? We did not eat in there. Um, I, didn't, I didn't either. But we did go eat someplace I'd never had before. We went to Shake Shack at the Fashion Mall. <laughs> we had, That's so funny. On our way back from uh, Tennessee this past week, we stopped at yeah. Shake Shack. I've never been very mid. It, yeah. It, it felt like um, trying to be Steak and Shake. Yeah, it's just kind of like a Steak and Shake. See, I... So I was like, man, a hot dog sounds really good. So mm, I got the hot dog. I hadn't had that. It was really good. The hot dog was yeah. solid. Yeah, I have to solid. try that. But for, for anybody that's ever put ate a slapfish, it's the lobster roll buns that oh, have slapfish, nice. and they just put a hot dog in it. Yeah, so it was kind of cool to go to two places that people like real rave about if they really like them: Shake oh, yeah, Shack Shake and Shack IKEA. And it's just like, nah. Uh, second thing, I felt you know you always feel good right after a draft, but in in lieu of our MMA <laughs> draft. My Colts got our quarterback. We'll see what happens. We got a lot of good picks. Go uh, ahead. I want to hear you overreact about every single pick and how they're going to be the next greatest thing. I mean, just go down the list. Anthony Richardson. Yeah, here we go. He has a potential, man. I mean, <laughs> on paper, if you were designing uh, a quarterback, you design him, and then you try to see what happens on the field. But, no, I, I think that we got away from some things that we usually do. Uh, as far as with Anthony Richardson, I think Shane Sykin's a big part of that. And I'm just excited to see what this team looks like now, man. I, they, have to, they have to do better because we're coming from the bottom, so – yeah, I think I so I told you I thought it was a good pick for them. I think um, like you just mentioned, I think is I feel like it's they kind of broke away from the safer. I thought the Levis kid was, mm-hmm. would have been a safe pick, you know, kind of, and the more like vanilla Indianapolis pick. Well, it's Peyton, the pace. Luck, well, yeah, the Colts and the Pacers just have the most like horrible mindset of like whatever's safe that's what we're mm-hmm. like we're not going to take a risk on a care bad character like you know what i mean right. and i'm not saying richardson is but like it's just i don't know it's just weird how like they just always play safe so i thought it's something different this yeah richardson i want to go to a preseason game yeah Richard, i want to see this kid he's gonna bring something that's never to my knowledge no. been in indianapolis i mean i know luck was kind of a little bit of a dual threat but not yeah, in the way no. that richardson's gonna be um so it, it is a funner pick um, and we picked up two kids from Indiana yeah. or from Indianapolis, yeah. Julius Brents, the cornerback, and then a non-drafted lineman from Alabama who went to Cathedral. So, yeah, I'm very much of a, like, I don't get overly excited about the draft because like you just got to wait and right. see with everybody. Um, and the bears didn't really have like a crazy, like they got a lot of like the, like, how do I explain it? Like. They're not the sexiest picks, but yeah. it's it, we need them. And role player be, type of guys, man. Not, I mean, big role player. I mean, yeah. like getting you know a right tackle is no joke. That's serious stuff. But like, it's it's not the flash, right? It's, right. These are the guys that are they went for the dirty. They want guys that are just going to be workhorses. And I'm excited about that at least because I feel like they're building an identity. But like everything else, you just got to wait and see. Well, you so. got enough flash with Fields, so you have to start getting some yeah. of the the other yeah, stuff and that, that dude's gonna dive so i'm glad we took off into <laughs> right. line, man. i'm glad to see they're finally taking that series uh my one for the people um man honestly i know we say this a lot but i think now more than ever i do mean it appreciate everybody that's still tuning in still listening it's been a rough couple of fight night like couple yeah. of weeks for the fights i know since uh 287 mm-hmm. you know not the most exciting stuff in terms of like you know, watching week to week, you know, but I think if you're still listening, you're still tuning into these fight nights, you're a hardcore like we are. So yeah. um, that's why we try to do the, the segments and the games and stuff too, to keep absolutely. it fresh for you guys. Yeah. And we don't, you know, we don't miss fight nights. So we know there's other people out there like that. So if you're a hardcore man, stick to that. Cause that's awesome. But, and you know, also appreciate you listening and, and staying tapped in. And again, please, please, please this Friday, May 4th, 9 30 PM, MMA Underground YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Come get in the kickback, man. Drop in, 
let us know who you're taking. We're going to, mm-hmm. like I said, we're going to move through the whole main card. We may, if we have time, drop into the prelims, some of the prelims, I don't know. Uh, but we'll definitely hit the whole main card. Let us know who you're taking, why. Um, again, like we're for fans, by fans. We're yeah. fans just like everybody else. So Shoot us questions. We, we're, we're yeah, ready, ask man. questions. Give us topics, things to talk about. It doesn't even have to be about UFC 288. Right. If you're mad about whatever, I don't know, bring yeah. it up. Bring it to the bring it to the kickback this Friday. Yes, sir. Let's get it. We'll be there. Maybe Brandon, you never know. Did you have a good trip? Tell him you had a good trip. Yeah, it was a good trip. Nice. Glad to be back. We'll see you guys on Friday and then next Monday for our normal episode. See you then. Peace.